Welcome to Sex Ed in the City with Drew and Dr. G. About health and sex education in today's modern classroom. Get an inside peek into the world of sex education and real life stories from teachers. Hosted by experienced educators Drew and Dr. G, each episode brings you an open and honest discussion about a range of topics related to health and sex education. Follow us on Spotify, podcasts on Apple, or our YouTube channel, Sex Ed in the City. Stay connected. We hope to see you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sex Ed in the City with Drew and Dr. G. <laughs> late, night, late night DJ voice? <laughs> I feel like I listen to all these podcasts and their voices sound so silky. And then I get on, I'm like, hey, everyone, how's it going? <laughs> uh, but it all seems That's hilarious. I listened to a podcast today and there it was like totally scripted. And I was like, well, this sounds scripted. Just say your natural way. <laughs> if we are anything, we are definitely not scripted. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm boring when I'm scripted. Oh, yeah. I play by the rules too much. It doesn't allow me to be free or as creative. And I always cling to my notes. I love mm-hmm. our off-the-cuff stuff. Yeah, for sure. How are you today? What's going on? How's life? Good. I was a little bit sick this past weekend, so that sucked because, you know, who wants to be sick? Um, but I'm fine. Like things are going, doing all the things, making all the moves. You know, I still live in Miami, so it's warm here. <laughs> Even though it was like we had a cold front. So like, I don't know, sometime in the middle of the night it was 60 and people were like, ooh. <laughs> By the time I woke up, I was 71. So I'm like, I feel like it's fine. But look, I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt because this is cold for Miami. So (laughs) got your cardigan on. Right. It is very cold in New York today. It was in the 30s for sure. Oh, wow. North face weather. Bubble coats coming out. (laughs) Not happy about it, but. But was it sunny? It wasn't too bad, but it's already, I mean, it's the same darkness, I guess, in yeah. Miami, but yeah, it's already, it's weird when you're like leaving school and it's already dark and you're just like, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not dark here yet. It's, I would say it's dusk um, at 519 PM, but yeah, it's definitely darker where you're at. I can tell just by looking at your window. That's just the shade of my, my bedroom in the cave I live in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well it's good to be back yeah it is I love that we're back in the routine of things it feels good get these chats out for sure I definitely missed our talks Mm -hmm. and I'm sure our listeners did too I've been getting a lot of folks like when are you coming back I'm like it's coming it's coming so we've got a great season lineup we got some cool guests it's going to be fabuloso totally are you ready for your question of the day? Oh gosh, I am. Yes. We're, we're getting vulnerable today. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not super vulnerable. I didn't know how to word this question. Okay. But I'm uh, I'm still deciding like right now how I want to ask it. Tell tell me, tell us about your first love. Oh. That's cute. My first love. Troy. I wonder if he's listening. That'd be funny. Yeah. I bet he's not. Yeah. I I highly (laughs) doubt it. Um, Especially because he blocked me on Facebook. (laughs) No, he didn't block me. He unfriended me. That's a story for another day. No, that's just because he's yeah, married let's and his now. wife was uncomfortable. Okay, so my high school boyfriend, <laughs> Troy, if he does listen for some reason, shout out, you know, still one of the best partners I've ever had in life. But it was like, you know, we were each other's first loves, each other's first, all, most of the things, not all the things, but many things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just, it was a real, it was a very like, young 
naive, not jaded love. Like it was before I knew that people cheated. Not that I didn't know they cheated, but before I'd experienced it, it was still, it wasn't toxic. It was just really just, I mean, I'm very happy with that was my first like love situation of my life because it was, it was really healthy. Like we had good communication and he was a really good person. Like I still have like all his love letters and the mixtapes because, you know, it was the nineties. You know, so, so yeah, he, um, he was younger than me. Um, he was a sophomore. I was a senior, but we both by our ages should have been juniors. So developmentally we were the same, but just like academically, I guess. Um, but yeah, what else do you want to know? What did you, how did you fall in love? Like, why did you like him? Um, gosh, let me think about it. How did we, I mean, we went to school together. I think, I don't remember the first time I met him, but I think he was in the same grade as my best friend. And I remember saying to her, I remember saying, oh, he's really cute. You should do like him or something because she was, you know, because they were in the same grade and, and she was like, eh, no, like she was not into it. And then how did him and I, I remember we danced together at some like off campus dance. Ooh. I don't remember, but what drew me to him is that he was so funny. Um, and funny is like my number one characteristic to this day of people that I gravitate towards in mm -hmm. general, but especially for romantic relationships. Um, very funny, very silly, very talented. He was cool. He wasn't, and when I say cool, not like popular, like high school cool. He's just like relaxed. Like he made me feel very good about myself um, in a way of that, not that like you need someone to make you feel good about yourself, but it was my first mm -hmm. time being in love and being like liked in that way. I mean, I had like a little boyfriend so like in seventh grade and things like that, but it was my first like real relationship. The first time I ever told like a partner, I love them. Yeah. And we were together my whole senior year, like it, whatever that a year is, which is a long time in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to college and I think I broke his heart because I wanted to go to college and I wanted to see other people. Not that I didn't want to see him, but I was living in Oregon and I moved to Arizona and I was very logical, like long distance isn't going to work. I'm going to college. You're staying here. And I was so desperate to like leave my small town and just get away mm -hmm. that I, I didn't want to say I didn't care because it's not that I didn't care. It's just that I needed to be, I needed to get out of that place. Um, I remember the night before I left, I left in August. I graduated in May, left in August. And my actually my whole family moved to Arizona. And the night before we left, I had like three people spend the night. My best friend, my boyfriend, Troy, and our other, other friend, John. And we all slept in the living room, like in our clothes. Like we like stayed up all night or whatever. And the next morning, I remember we're leaving and my best friend is crying. My boyfriend is crying. John, I don't know if he was crying, but like it was very, they were all very, they're very emotional crying. And I didn't shed a tear because I just wanted to get the fuck out of that town and get away from that life. And I cried later and then we tried to get back together and it was drama and I just wasn't in the drama of like this small town where I grew up and you know he still lives there he married someone we went to high school with that does not like me um which is why I got blocked from Facebook <laughs> because him I get him and I I don't know how we became Facebook friends this was like I don't even know when this was like four or five years ago and I was like oh my god how are you how's your life like we hadn't talked since like 1997 you know and um and so we messaged a little bit. We never spoke on the phone or anything. And then his wife found out that we were Facebook friends and said, absolutely not. And so he unfriended me. 
and he wrote me a message he's like you know she's not comfortable with it and I was like okay <laughs> like she won like if we're in a competition you all are married <laughs> and have kids like I'm not trying to get with you like but oh my god you know that's a symptom of whatever's going on in the relationship who knows what's going on we literally didn't speak of that but um yeah I have nothing but good things to say about him and I would love to run into him when I was in my hometown in October I was like oh my gosh please let me run into him somewhere because I would just love to see him as an adult like yes we were so young I was 17 he was 16 we were young we were thin we were just like these little horny yeah I mean yeah it was just I have nothing bad to say about him you know I I hope that him and his wife are doing well I would never want to like get with him again or anything like that like but I would it would be cool to sit down and have a conversation with him as adults I think about that a lot with like ex partners, like you see them for such a short period of your life. And then a lot of these relationships are cut off for good mm-hmm. and you don't get like to know what's going on other than like social media. I would love mm-hmm. to sit down with some as well, but I also think yeah. we should bring on Troy's wife to the podcast. If you're down, maybe you too. No, I already know. I can already give you a synopsis. Why she liked him in high school. He was with me. It was Wait, like did you big... know her in high school? She was also yeah, there? I know who she is. She oh, was his same shit. grade. There okay, was some okay. drama that I was older in like his grade of girls. Like they were all like mad and they You're were the like, bitch. they would like, no, I wasn't. I was like a nerdy McNerd. <laughs> like I was not like cool or popular. I mean, like I was a cheerleader, but our cheerleaders weren't like in the movies that they were all popular. Like people may have known me but I was not cool by any means like um no I think there was an issue with me being older and I remember girls would like say things to him like oh well once she goes to college she's just gonna ditch you like they were hating because he was cute and funny I don't know I guess they were just jealous I don't I don't know I'm so I was so unaware of that kind of drama back then I had things going on in my home life um but anyway, also, he grew up in a very religious family. Um, and his family went to the Church of Christ, which is sometimes thought of as a cult type church. Um, like they are the kind of church that you're not allowed to play instruments. You're only allowed to sing. Um, and so, like, of course, his mom had a problem with me because I'm like the older woman, like coming in taking her son but meanwhile she didn't know anything about what her son was really doing and I'm not gonna tell his business now because I don't know if he's told her (laughs) but he was he was not the one influencing or I was not the one influencing in that Mm. relationship um but yeah I think his wife doesn't like me because she liked him back then and he was with me and I also think there's something about the fact that him and I were each other's um, first sexual experiences and he's not supposed to have sex until he was married. So I think that's something about that. Mm. A jealousy or a... Yeah. Like, I don't even remember ever talking to her. It's not like she didn't like me because I was like a bully because A, I wasn't. And B, like, I don't even remember an interaction with her. But um, (laughs) I got blocked on old Facebook. (laughs) So funny, right? And yeah. also more of an indication of what is going on in their relationship than anything about me. So I've been on both sides of that. I've I'm currently blocked by an ex. And I think I've definitely unfriended people. Is it the ex I know? Yes. That one's blocked. That one blocked me. Oh. But we've had encounters since and have talked, but I'm still blocked, which is fine. Social media is yeah. not real. I don't need to be yeah. seeing what's going on. It's odd when like they block you and then like all their friends start to as well. And I'm like, we yeah. are in our 30s. Yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. 
Yeah, I mean, I can understand it when you don't want to see, like when it's yes. fresh, you don't want to see what the person is doing. Because I've been blocked by other exes by that. I can get that. I've blocked people, not even exes, like friends. Yep. I'm like, I just can't handle it, like being thrown in my face. But it's something different when like, you know, I was written a message. Hey, I thought my wife knew that we were friends on Facebook, but she didn't. So I'm going to, we're just not going to be unfriend. And that's great. I mean, that's, he should do that. Good for right? him. Yeah. That he should be respectful of his wife's wishes, no matter what they are. And he wasn't rude to me about it. I understand. I was like, you know, it, it just is a unfortunate thing, but tell us about your first love. That was a very in-depth <laughs> description you went in on this I feel like I know Troy very well <laughs> oh my gosh I'll send you a picture of uh, a picture of us can we get I'll a send picture, you our prom the, picture can we put it in the the episode notes or is that too much um I would blur out his face well that's no fun okay well <laughs> I mean that's rude <laughs> like that you know I would have to ask permission well, you can't. You're blocked. <laughs> just well, I don't think I'm blocked. I'm just unfriended. So I'll think about it. Let me see if I can find him. You're going to message and, uh, him and the wife's going to yeah. see it and then they're going to get a divorce and you're going to get blamed. Maybe. Okay. okay. Well, if people get a divorce over that, then <laughs> there's other things going on. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you okay, for being vulnerable me. with that, though. I was going to yeah. ask, like, your last love, but I think I put... Or just a love, but I, uh -huh. I don't know. I thought it was something special about your first. I think so too. Tell us yours. Yeah, my first. I also notice I say yeah for everything. I'm working on that this app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first love was in fifth grade. <laughs> Her name was Alex. I'm not going to give the last name. Okay. But she moved from a different town. And... She was in my homeroom and everybody thought she was so cute and so pretty. And I just didn't even, I mean, you're in fifth grade, like feelings are very real and like attraction, mm -hmm. but just like communication is basically just like picking on each other or like, I don't know, being silly together. I didn't even really try to talk to her and I thought she liked other people. And then I remember one day we were both walkers. We walked to school. So I think we got called either first or last to leave. And she, I don't know if she was going to give me a note or something, but the our fifth grade teacher, Mr. Pat, came up and gave me the note. I don't know if he found it on the floor or something. And in it, it said, like, do you want to go out with me? Yes. No. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, she likes me. What? And one of my good friends at the time, Ethan, had a crush on her and I felt really guilty but I was and I had never told him that I liked her but I was just like oh my god this is really weird uh yeah. but yeah we ended up like forming a relationship and like walking home together which was really special and walking to school we both lived in the neighborhood I thought she was really pretty we both did gymnastics together other than that I don't even know what I really liked <laughs> that sounds mean I don't I can't think of like what it was that I was super or like why it was so. Wait a second. Did you guys say I love you? We did. Yeah. Oh, you did? I, we said we love each other. We we like used to write notes. Oh my God, the notes are coming back now. We used to write notes and fold them into those little squares. Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes. Um, oh. we, we kissed. I don't know if we ever made out. I think that was a little advanced for fifth grade. <laughs> But yeah, we we dated off. This sounds crazy. <laughs> dated off and on. Like we broke up a couple of times. She dated my best friend Patrick, who we were all in the same homerooms. There was all this drama. I was in on the drama. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> yeah. And we, we we stayed friends, I think, through high school. And then she moved away our 10th grade year. I wasn't dating her that long. We broke up in maybe like seventh grade. That was the end of it. But we oh, stayed okay. in touch because we had friends and I haven't really talked to her since we follow. I think we're Facebook pals, but I honestly don't even know what she's doing, but it was very, it was special. Like yeah. I, I truly believe that young people feel all the feels and it looks different, yeah. but like it, it felt very real to me. Like when she broke up with me on my grandma's phone at my grandma's house, like I was, 
wailing. My grandma like oh. could not console me. And I that's over. And you have to go to school and be in the same room as them the uh, next day. The like first breakup is oh I God. mean breakups suck. Yeah. But that first one, it's like you'll never be in love again. Ugh. It's we every breakup feel a lot of them feel that way. It's just like, how am I gonna get on with this? It mm. truly is hard. Yeah. Alex, you're the I best. I love that we're talking about this because I think that I, I, it really discourages me when parents are like, ah, you don't know what love is to their kids. I'm like, but do you not remember? Mm-hmm. Like my first boyfriend was in fifth grade. We didn't say we loved each other, but I remember those feelings of him come picking me up yeah. on his bike and we'd go to school together. That's mm-hmm. all we ever did. Mm-hmm. we walked to and from school we went and we'd meet each other at the pool and we weren't meeting each other it was just like my friends were going and his were there we just like eh, you know <laughs> but all those feelings are so real and I hate when adults discount the the feelings of young people when it comes to relationships because they are real and how we handle those breakups how we learn to work with it is so like indicative of how we handle relationships in our adult lives and yeah I hate when people are like it's not real love I'm like what do you mean there's so many different kinds of love I would I would bet money that a lot of people that are married aren't mm-hmm. in real love so yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm grateful for it and I I don't like to look at every relationship as transactional but you learn something new every time and yeah. it's yeah it's <laughs> I don't know I still feel like I'm not perfect and I'm still learning every day relationships are a lot of work and they bring up a lot of things about yourself that mm-hmm. can be challenging to acknowledge and deal with yeah and I I don't know I'm very stubborn I think I'm like next one's gonna be perfect it's gonna be great and then I'm just like oh my god the patterns are coming back like come on therapy like what's going on mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's a, like a mirror to yourself um with intense feelings attached Mm-hmm. And this is a nice segue into like what we wanted to talk about today, which was just like sex ed or like educating about sexuality throughout the lifespan and what that kind of looks mm-hmm. like. The important, we both educated high school, you've done undergraduates, graduates. I think a lot of people have the wrong idea or just no idea as to what like quality sex ed or like sex positive parenting we talked about that with Mm -hmm. your sister what that looks like from a young age and it looks so different but it's just as important if not more important at a young age right and I think you know that has sex the word sex in it so people get all yes freaked out but it's about relationships Mm -hmm. and like okay what happens when someone does break up with you and you have to now sit with them and be their lab partner right like how do we handle those emotions and how do we express our like and love for another person and how do we respect people's boundaries Mm. it's not just about penises in a hole you know it's (laughs) there's like so much more to it and I wish we didn't have to change the phrase sex ed for people to understand that and also like maybe we need to think of a better phrase right a lot of times in elementary they'll say like growth and development and things mm-hmm. but I wish we did sp- spend more time on with young people about even like friendships because as humans we're just not good we're just not good at relationships it, it it shouldn't be so much work it's so much work because we didn't learn these basic skills as young people if mm-hmm. we learn this basic skills at young people we'd already know how to do it and it, it wouldn't be so hard you know the cycle continues our a lot of our people who raised us our parents grandparents <clears> didn't <throat> learn and then they didn't really teach us because either they didn't know how or they didn't want to and and then we didn't learn and we're everybody's just figuring it out versus like actually having 
concrete instruction lessons anything about what does it mean to be a good friend how do you deal with rejection what does consent look like all these things it's it's like <laughs> toss it figure it out on your own good luck and that's not a good way to learn yeah you know and I think about this a lot when we talk about technology right I mean there's so many great things about technology mm -hmm. but even we're just talking about texting there's, I mean, I love texting, right? But there's something about texting that a lot of young people today, those hard conversations that we've had, right? Or this, will you be my girlfriend? Check no or yes in the box and the note. There's something that removes us from it, the emotions. We don't have to actually go through that scary moment of like, okay, I'm gonna ask this person a question. They might reject me and I'm gonna go through it anyway. We almost like remove ourselves because we're texting and I can look away. I don't actually have to go through it. Nice. And even now with like AI and things, people are, you know, we have like relationships with um, AI or what have you. And I don't want to say that that's all bad because that can be great for some people. But if we're never experiencing all these normal human emotions and learning how to deal with them, we're really robbing ourselves of like the human experience like good and bad emotions are part of being human mm -hmm. i have a tattoo on my body it says not to have felt pain is not to have been human and not that i'm all like you have to feel pain and trauma like no but that is part of the experience of being a person and, and having someone let you down and building yourself back up or being sad and, and breaking up with something like all of these things and anger it's normal and natural and why don't we learn how to like move through them rather than just keep creating things to avoid them and this is coming from someone you know me I hate talking about feelings I'll do whatever I can to talk about them but that's not sir <laughs> it's not served me <laughs> you know what I mean it's and I, I worry about that with technology that's one of my, uh, the, nobody gets enough sex ed. It, that's when, that's going to be my next question for you is like, what was your sex ed like? Mm -hmm. Like K to 12, even the sex ed that kids are getting, if they're getting it, like obviously it doesn't, some states doesn't have to be medically accurate, inclusive, all those things. And when they do get it, the only thing they're getting is like bodies or contraception which is great I'm glad they're getting that but like you said earlier sex ed is so much more and there needs to be it's like the circles of sexuality we're focusing all on the two circles what is it reproductive health versus like intimacy or pleasure and all those domains and I just wish we made more time for that social emotional learning great yeah. that's important but I think incorporating it into sex ed would be so so powerful yeah and I've seen someone calling it recently instead of sex ed relationship education and I like that I'm not totally opposed to that I think that that is so much of what we're doing um relationship with self and with others um yeah, it's it's like our humanity is being taken away. And if we're only focusing on, you know, whatever new educational, you know, topic for the day, you know, great. I'm not saying those things aren't bad because people need to learn how to make a living and make money because we live in a society where money and jobs and careers are important. But where's, we're not doing the other work of our humanness and all that stuff can be great. But if you don't have any connection with others or you're just an a-hole, like what's the point? What's the point? What kind of life is that? And I think that's a symptom of being a very like 
capitalistic driven society and an individualistic society yeah. right rather than a more um community oriented society whether it's a socialist society or or, or just not as capitalist you know maybe like a little less or are not so focused on goods and things mm-hmm. um So we're missing them. We're missing a lot of things. We really are. I'm sure there's a lot of teachers doing great work with this. A lot of parents. Mm-hmm. There's just not. It doesn't feel like there's enough time during the school yeah. year. We need the whole. Well, I looked up some stuff about what sex ed looks like in the United States from CICUS. Do we know what CICUS stands for, by the way? Yes, they uh, they recently changed it. Oh damn! It's um, not even CICUS anymore. I mean, it's still CECUS, but I don't think the acronym is. It used to be the Sex Education Information Collaborative, mm-hmm. something of the U.S., something like that. But I believe they, it's no longer a acronym. It's now CECUS, and they do X, Y, Z. I was like, yeah, I looked up some, I was like, what does sex out in the United States look like? Like, what are the states, 29 states? And this is probably no surprise to you. Let's give our our viewers some facts. Yeah, twenty nine states and DC mandate sex ed. So out of all fifty, twenty nine mandate it. Thirty five states require schools to stress abstinence when sex education or HIV STI instruction is provided. We do we talk about abstinence. That's that's a good thing, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be abstinence only. Sixteen states require instruction on condoms or contraception. 15 states do not require sex education or HIV instruction to be any of the following age appropriate, medically accurate, culturally responsive, or evidence-based slash evidence informed. And there's more on there as well. It actually, the last one was kind of scary. It says nine states explicitly require instruction that discriminates against LGBTQ people. So you're just thinking about all the different states and how fucking different each one is and how that yeah that's wild even within each state yeah well I mean really that just speaks to the economic disparities of our country right and who gets what knowledge based on geography and and money yeah I mean Florida is one of those states right we know all about the laws here um yeah, I don't want to give the time to that because, um, and you know, there are so many great places doing great work, right? You have CICUS, mm-hmm. you have Advocates for Youth, you have ETR, you have, you know, org after org after org doing great work. But the fact of the matter is until health ed and sex ed are federal requirements and state level graduation mm-hmm. requirements, the resources and the policies are not going to be there that need to uphold that education. Like, period. I mean, I started my teaching career in Long Beach, California, taught health ed. It was great. Um, the state of California does not have a education requirement or health education requirement for graduation. But the district I was in, Long Beach Unified at that time did in 2000. Um, Long Beach Unified went through a really bad budget crisis. Yeah. And because it wasn't a state mandate, they cut out the requirements for health education in the district. And so there was all the health ed teachers got laid off. There was no more health education because it wasn't a state mandate. Right. And, and so that's what we're talking about. Right. If there's a policy that at the state and the federal level that says, all students must have one year of health education or, or whatever it is, then the states have to implement that and they have to find the resources and the funding within their budget to have those teachers. But if it's not there, we're just like, yay, look at the research. It doesn't matter. And not necessarily even that people don't care. It's that they have so many competing mandates that the thing that's not mandated is not going to get their focus leaders and principals it all comes back to money and if 
these are the mandated things. That's where the money is going. Super frustrating because majority of America, I looked up a stat before this pod and I was like, how many parents want sex ed in schools? And obviously I found a stat from Planned Parenthood, which could be a little biased, but I trust them and their data it said 93% of parents support sex ed in middle school. And that could be to various degrees and 96% in high school. Mm-hmm. If people want that it feels frustrating to me obviously there's a lot going on in the world and people are advocating for different things and different choices and sex ed may not be at the top of that list for a variety of reasons I get that but if that's what people want and it's they're not finding ways to like implement it I think that's frustrating it feels more like politics and politicians just serving their own interests when making policies that doesn't actually align with the American people. And that fucking mm-hmm. sucks. That's so annoying. And I I think that stat could be misleading, but like, I don't think a lot of parents want to teach it themselves. <laughs> I think yeah. they'd much I... rather have other people do it. And yeah, they want it. The people want it. 17 years in the classroom. I think I had two parents that asked me about sex ed. I, ne- I had one student in 17 years opt out. One out of thousands of students, one. Now I had parents email me and be like, can you tell me more about it? Yes, absolutely. And I would share them like open book, no problem, transparent. But the majority of parents were like, oh my God, thank God you're talking about this. I do not want to. That was by far the majority of parents. And you know, let's be honest, by the time folks get to high school, parents are more removed as to what's going on in their young person's life. And also parents, the average parent does not, is not informed about what goes on in the education system beyond what they experienced in it. Right? So the, and the average parent has way other things to worry about. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, that sounds great. But like people don't have time to call their congressperson. People don't have time to write this letter and go to the they don't have time. They're working a job. They're tired when they come home. It's just not a level of priority unless you're Mm -hmm. in it. And and I get that, you know. It just. It's unfortunate. I think our education system is unfortunate here in the U.S. In a country with so much money, you know, it all goes to war and and violence and the military. And I'm not saying we don't need that because there's a reason why America has certain things that it has. And more Americans need to know that, you know, Um, because a lot of Americans want to be like, no, this, this and this. But then they would never live in another country. And I'm like, okay, but would you live there? Because if you're not willing to live in this country, stop it. Now, some are, right? So that's a whole different story. But why we don't spend enough money on education? Like teachers that are starting salary at 40K in 2023. I started at 40K in 2000. And that was a lot of money. But that was also 23 years ago. And there are places where that is still the starting salary they're chopping they are the last thing they're giving is giving us money they're chopping everything (laughs) am i gonna have a job next year i remember during covid when everything and obviously covid was a special situation but like Mm -hmm. i i was like the young on your tenure teacher i didn't know if i was gonna have a job like Mm -hmm. kick the health teacher out make a pe teacher do it or just get rid of health it's mandated in new york but you can get around it and it's frustrating as well because there's so much research on the benefits of quality sex ed for students like what that does for our young people from like performing better academically to having better relationships um sti reduction pregnancy reduction um inclusivity for the queer community it's just like i don't know i don't think our society cares about those numbers 
sadly, and I shouldn't even call them numbers, those points as much as math scores, SAT scores, yeah. the amount of money you're making, which is a shift in thinking that we're yeah. just not there yet. Well, when you think about it, like how we're taught and like when people are going into the workforce, we have things called soft skills, mm. which aren't like as important. But in my opinion, and the data shows yeah. that actually the soft skills are the foundation. They are the most important. How can you manage a team and you don't have any emotional literacy? And now you just have a team of miserable people, right? So I, but I think that has to do with like a patriarchal society, right? Because especially in the US, these soft skills have been assigned to people who are women and so therefore deemed less important um but that's actually ridiculous and we all know that right that the soft skills are for everyone but in a patriarchal society that's what it says right it's like nope this is for girls you guys go over there and learn to communicate mm -hmm. Ooh, cute but actually <laughs> all the genders <laughs> need to figure that out um and so it's a shame that it's kind of labeled that way because we're talking about health education and sex ed. No one is thinking about their algebra equation if they're worried about getting someone pregnant last night. Period. End of story. Period. What was your like health and sex ed like in Oregon? How often did you get it? What did it look like? Actually, it was surprisingly good for where I grew up. Oregon's small, great. Rural, rural, well, I'm, let's not go that far. <laughs> Small, all my Oregon peeps, don't come for me. Don't at me. Listen, I'm I'm talking about my experience as a young person where I grew up. Um, I'm going to get ads like. Eh. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> canceled. I, done with this. Right? These clowns. Um, no, but actually I had surprisingly good health ed for the 90s. So I graduated high school in 1995. And we had actually two semesters of health, I think freshman and sophomore year or sophomore, junior year. Um, I don't remember which, but we had HIV education in like wow. 1991. We had, I mean, the things that we did, we know are not best practices now, Correct. but if we did the things. Um, we talked about them. Like we talked to I, I'm trying to think of what I remember and I don't remember a lot because, you know, it was in the 90s. Um, but I remember a very specific packet about STDs, which is what they were mm. called back then. I think because I, I found it at my mom's house recently. I don't know why I still have it. Uh -huh. But if that's not an indication I was going to be a sex educator, I don't know what it is. And I remember doing the thing where like I hypothetically married a person in my class and we had to do the expenses of what it would be like to have oh, a baby. Cool. And then like the, the egg carry around, right? All the big things that people did in the nineties, which, you know, we wouldn't do that now. And that's, and that's fine. Right. Like, but for then it was very good. Um, we talked about drugs. So I remember, I mean, we had a, so a total of a year of health and we did a lot of things. I, I can't remember everything that happened, but the fact that we even had it and we had a sex ed unit is shocking because I lived in a very conservative christian small town very small town america um so the fact that that was allowed i think is pretty telling which could actually point to policy working well making yeah. your small town like or that could have been state regulation and your state has your small town still has mm -hmm. to do it yeah um i do want to comment on the egg project because i was at a conference a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. And a very, very, that project is still being done. <laughs> no. It was, yeah, it was presented by no. a very, like a teacher who's won awards. And I, I was just sitting there like, oh, and. What was their rationale? And did anyone say anything? Um, I'm trying to even remember the project. I was, it was like 730 in the morning. I was very tired. I think it was more of like, this is a fun project. The kids look forward to it every year, but it, it, I don't, yeah. I think it was more about the fun aspect for the kids, but it was interesting. I, someone asked like, do you 
like how do you partner them up and the teach like it was very like you're getting with another person to do this there was no like single parenting allowed um yeah there I had some problems with it did you say anything oh no you're such a good person I don't, you know don't want to be that person that's you know those people at conferences who are just like well what about that like I don't want to yeah. be that person I'll I'll sit back and talk shit in the back with everyone that would have been you would have been with me. <laughs> I would have been talking shit and I don't think I would have been not able to not say something yeah I, I, I yeah because how does that even align with any standard it doesn't even align with the health education standard let Maybe alone like decision I don't even know how no. they no. did it but oh my gosh don't say their name now but I need you to tell me who it is <laughs> on like text me later <laughs> it's yeah well I'm I'm thinking about my health and sex ed too I had so much of it which is wild I had sixth seventh eighth a ninth and then an eleventh I was thinking about this and obviously it wasn't a lot but like that's unheard of and some of my teachers were really like really bad and like but well, we were getting info we're actually gonna have uh pete ellis on who was my high school health teacher and soccer coach he's volunteered to come on i can't wait to pick his brain but like we got a lot of a lot of it and i don't remember a fucking thing <laughs> so yeah. and now my sister teaches in that district and they get it in high school i believe and that's it so yeah you could see the budget cuts clearly yeah. cutting it out, which is frustrating. Yeah. Best things get cut out with budget cuts. Art, you know, visual arts, performing arts, recreation, health education. It's sad. I mean, we had like wood shop when I was in high school. Yeah. We had, yeah. we had, um, we obviously we had band. We had, you know, acting thespian club Ooh. we had um choir we also had orchestra but then we had like there was the wood shop then we also had like a mechanic like car technical yeah yeah something we also had a club but they also had a class the future farmers of america ffa and they had these little jackets that were navy corduroy i always thought they were cool <laughs> not that ass. i was a future farmer but um you know oregon <laughs> people had you know grew up on farms they did a lot of that that was kind of cool we had so many like extra and co-curricular activities when I was in high school and you don't see that anymore and it's sad like I had like two electives every semester of like different things I could do and cool mm -hmm. things and languages and cool classes I mean I always was in like band and cheerleading but um, there were cool things <laughs> to be had typing best class I ever took in all same, of my education same. shout out to Miss Bailey Newark High School um <laughs> oh my gosh she had giant red glasses and she looked like Sally Jesse Raphael and one day she came to class so upset because she had warmed up her car in her drive was warming up her car in her driveway and then went back in her house to get something she came back out and someone had stolen her car and that is what I remember about Miss Bailey is her being so upset because she got carjacked. Ah, oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, you have to do it in these cold places to like get the frost off. I do not yeah. miss doing that at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of work to be done, but I think I mean, I think that someone asked me the other day, like, would you ever want to have your own school? And I'm like, mm, yes. We've talked about this. Yeah, we have. It would be so cool to be able to design a, a like a K to eight private school where the focus is on health and wellness and not the random stuff, but the, you know, the good science backed, yep. real health and wellness and that's the focus of the school and everything else kind of comes along with it that I mean that would be just a dream I think about that one of my students asked me if I'd ever be a principal and I said highly highly doubt it the only way I would is if it was a school like this and I said the same thing I was like we are prioritizing health and wellness I'm not talking about like eating and exercise I'm talking about like everything yeah sexual literacy emotional literacy oh that would be so yeah. fun yeah 
keep it in the back I mean, pocket. can We're our young. first step, my first step is us to do a Bard. I mean, listen, Bard has also schools in other countries. Bard Cape Town, I'm just saying. Bard's also, like, banned from certain countries. <laughs> like, I think, like, Bard Russia, or or one of them, uh, Russia was just like, Bard is not allowed here. <laughs> oh, I bet. I remember that. Well, yeah. South Africa wouldn't bar them. South Africa's constitution has LGBTQ rights in the constitution. It has abortion rights in the constitution. So that, that wouldn't be a thing. Um, we have a lot of work to do. I don't, you know, I don't want to be so Debbie Downer because there is great work happening in pockets. I just, so many young people deserve so much better. Like I think about my nephew and I'm like, mm. even like, you know, his PE class, I was asking him about it. I'm like, that's what you do? the worst PE class like it's like run around and every day they run a mile outside (laughs) yeah no legitimately every day they have to run a mile or you know they're twice a week when they go to PE but I'm like that's not what PE is like you're not I'm like what and I'm not even a credential PE teacher but I've worked with Mm. enough PE teachers to know that that is not good physical education and and my nephew deserves better and he's definitely not going to get sex ed come on now he'll get it from his sister i mean my sister his mom but i mean he already has like you know my sister is really great about that but Mm. he's not getting it in school and his auntie yeah but kids deserve more young people deserve better yeah we'll keep pushing it yeah i love that I, I feel grateful that I get a chance to do it in high school and we have the elective sometimes, but it's not enough and would love it. Yeah, I would love to have some elementary health ed teachers come on. I've never really taught sex ed to elementary. I would love to see some like like what they're doing because there's so many yeah. good ones out there. Like, what does that look like? How do the yeah. kids respond? Middle school, I'm good. <laughs> Oh, I, I think there's some really great middle school teachers out there. You know, we should reach out to, um, well, I don't want to say his name uh, on air without his consent. I know who you're talking about. about. And I wonder what he's <gasps> doing. That would be great to have him come on. Yeah. Him. So if he's listening, you know who we're talking about. I'm going to forward him this link. And be like, yeah, send him this episode. Give him a listen. <laughs> uh, well, such a good, you know, there's lots of work to be done. I think, I hope that our podcast is like inspiring folks to do more. And I hope that we can bring more guests on to give people more tips on like how to do this. Um, Cause like it can be done. We're just in it for the long haul, you know? Yeah, this was, yeah, this felt like a very, I don't want to say somber, but a very serious app mm-hmm. minus the intro, but I think we need those apps. And I think it was it was super valuable to talk about i'm grateful for this conversation and i know our listeners will as well yeah for sure well we'll have to we'll we'll be more a little upbeat more (laughs) next time but thank you all for listening (laughs) and we will see you next time on sex ed in the city bye y'all bye everyone